Welcome to MRCS on the Move. Bowels, bones, and backseat vibers. I'm your host, Naomi, but this is the podcast where you do the talking. Hi, all. Uh, nice to be back. I hope we're all doing well. I'm aware that there's a there is an exam coming up soon, so I hope you're all feeling ready and are you getting there i hope you're also looking after yourself so just remember those important things you know going out for exercise seeing friends still occasionally obviously less than normal but occasionally um so yeah just look after yourselves um don't get too stressed and bogged down in it all i know it's tempting uh we're gonna uh, do another examination episode today i i didn't get any feedback from the last one so take that as it was okay. So we're going to go for another one. Uh, This time we're going to do the hand. I find the hand examination so wordy and bitty and difficult to feel like you're covering it all. Um, So what we'll do again is we'll run through it, sort of pausing, asking questions, have a bit of a break, and then I'll run through it as if I was in an exam. And then I'll just throw out a few questions about some hand pathologies at the end. So um, let's not waste any more time. As always, how do we start an examination? So we introduce ourselves, we gain consent, we wash our hands and we ask if the patient's in any pain. We also check we've got the right patient. So where are you going to expose the patient to for a hand exam? So from the elbows down, I would... I would start by looking at the elbows, sort of personal preference, because I forget about them if I don't start with them. So um, what kind of things are you going to be looking for around the elbow? So I would look for scars. Um, They may have had a previous sort of uh, uh, cubital tunnel release. Uh, any swelling, any erythema, you could palpate over your, your own nerve and see if you get any um, sensation tingling or sensation changes um, or pain. So yeah, they're the main things. Look for any sort of rashes or nodules as well around the elbow. I would then ask the patient to place their hands in front of them on the table. And we're going to be looking, aren't we, sort of all the time, dorsally and at the palms and comparing both sides. So lay both hands out in front of them. So just tell me some things you're going to start with to looking at the hand. So I listed a few there. So we're going to look for scars particularly sort of thinking previous carpet tunnel releases, previous tendon repairs. We're going to look for muscle wasting. So the areas we want to look for muscle wasting are your thenar and your hyperthenar eminence. You want to look around in your palm um, and then you want to look for any gutting, gutting on the dorsum of the hand. So that's where you get sort of pits or they're kind of like crevasses, aren't they? I guess like between your metatarsal metacarpal bones and that can sort of be a sign of an ulnar palsy or a rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, You want to look for swelling so uh, 
sort of general swelling around the joints, but then particularly those nodules. So you've got hebedens. Which joint is hebedens over? So it's your distal interphalangeal joint. I think I've seen some, some things remember it by your outer hebrides. So, you know, they're on the outside. And then your bouchards, which is your proximal um, interphalangeal joint. So they are signs of what? Osteoarthritis. And then uh, we are going to look for deformities. So again, comparing both sides, symmetry is generally seen in rheumatoid arthritis, asymmetry in osteoarthritis. So we get ulnar deviation of the fingers and radial deviation of the wrist. What's that a sign of? Rheumatoid arthritis. And then you get Swan uh, neck deformity and boutonniere's deformity. This is really difficult to just uh, describe, but your swan neck deformity is hyperextension of your proximal interphalangeal joint, joint and flexion of your distal interphalangeal joint. And boutonniere's is the opposite. So it's your um, flexion of your proximal interphalangeal joint and your hyperextension of your distal interphalangeal joint. So you could see clawing, you could see squaring of the thumb or Z deformities of the thumb. What's clawing an indication of? Ulnar nerve palsy and it's when you get so flexion or well hyperextension of your metacarpal phalangeal joints of your little and ring finger and then flexion of your interphalangeal joints, like a claw. Cool. Uh, you may also look for skin changes, such as in Raynaud's um, and potentially nail changes. Then I would move on to feeling the hand. So you start, as always, with feeling temperature. So you feel down with the dorsum of your hand over, over both hands, comparing them. Then you're going to start to feel for pain. So I would palpate sort of systematically. So if you think, go from just above the wrist to the tips of your fingers. So above the wrist, so you need to palpate over your radial and ulnar prominences of your of your wrist. Then you, what's next? It's your carpal bones. So you palpate across both um, lines of the carpal bones, and then specifically palpate for your scaphoid so we palpate in the anatomical snuff box okay what are your borders of your anatomical snuff box so laterally it's your the extensor pollicis brevis and adductor pollicis longus and then medially, so this is the, so laterally is the radial side, medially is the ulnar side. It's your extensor pollicis longus. So ulnar extensor pollicis longus, radial extensor pollicis brevis, and extensor pollicis adductor, abductor, oh gosh, sorry, abductor, abductor pollicis longus. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so then in the floor of that, you can feel the scaphoid bone. Okay, and then you also feel the scaphoid tubercle for your uh, scaphoid fractures. Wonderful. So then moving on, we're going to feel, so we've done, we've done the carpals. We're going to feel up the thumb. So you do your metacarpal phalangeal joint. 
of your thumb and your metacarpal phalangeal joints of all your fingers. So by manually palpate each of them individually, um, which you'll also feel for swelling and subluxation of the joints at the same time. Um, and then squeeze your finger metacarpal phalangeal joints from each side to see if you get pain. Then move along to test and feel all your interphalangeal joints one at a time, testing for pain, swelling. So then you've palpated everything. Also then in your palm, sorry, we've not quite palpated everything, Naomi, you've forgotten something. Palpate the palm, okay? So we're palpating for thickening, sort of thinking Jupiter's contracture. So then the last thing to palpate, which you might not want to put here, but I'm going to put here, is the, the sensation in the hand. Now I think so neurovascular examination, particularly the neuro examination is too important in the hand to just throw at the end. So for me, I do it here. So I'm going I'm to feel for ulnar sensation. And obviously, I'm going to ask the patient to compare both sides and compare to their normal. So on the sternum or something. So the ulnar, where do we palpate for the ulnar? The pulp of the little finger. Where do we palpate for the radial? The first web space, so between the thumb and the index finger on the dorsum of the hand. And where do we palpate for the median? So it's the pulp of the index finger. Where would you palpate for the palmar cutaneous nerve of the hand? So it's over the thena eminence, all right? The thena eminence. Now this is significant, why? Because your palmar cutaneous branch branches from the median nerve prior to it entering the carpal tunnel, so you'll get you can get a sparing of that the sensation over the thena eminence with carpal tunnel. Okay, and then how are you here? You might as well palpate for the pulses. So um, feel for your radial pulse, feel for your cap refill. General, uh, well, we've already done temperature, haven't we? So now we're going to move on to moving the hand. So you might disagree with me, but I've decided to start with global movements testing each of the nerves rather than trying to getting lost in all the different tendons. Again, you might disagree with me, but take it as you will. So I'm going to start with testing the median, ulnar and radial nerves. So radial nerve, I'm going to ask the patient to give me a thumbs up. Uh, this is obviously hard to sort of demonstrate. It's easier to demonstrate when you can see me, but thumbs up is your radial nerve. That's text, testing your extensor pollicis longus, okay? That's particularly your posterior interosseous nerve. Then you're going to do your OK sign. Your OK sign is testing your anterior interosseous nerve and your flexor pollicis longus, okay? And then you're going to do abduction of the fingers. That's testing your ulnar nerve, so that's testing your... Um, you, Squeeze, spread the fingers and squeeze it in, squeeze them in, okay? And then you further test your median nerve by doing your opponent's uh, opposition, don't you? So your finger to your thumb to your little finger um, and test that by touching all of the, the thumb to the tips of all of your fingers. Okay, then I'm probably going to say I could go on to test the individual, individual tendons of the fingers, looking at flexion, extension of the different joints and the five movements of the thumb. So extension, flexion, opposition, abduction, adduction. 
and then what would I do next? <laughs> um, oh, I've lost myself. Test the wrist. <laughs> so then you do your inverted prayer sign and your prayer sign to test your flexion and extension of your wrist and you do your radial and ulnar deviation of your wrist. There we go, that's movement. Finally, you move on to special tests. So for special tests, you want to do Tinnels and Fennel test. So that's your for your carpal tunnel syndrome. So that's uh, tapping over your flexor retinaculum, over where your median nerve is, and then and then ordering the inverted prayer sign and holding it to see if it stimulates uh, the symptoms that they get. Now, what test do we use to look for a weak adductor pollicis? That's your Froman sign. So this is where you put a bit of paper between your thumb and your index finger, and they have to try and hold it as you pull, as you pull the um, bit of paper away. Okay, and then you'll probably finally just want to do a bit of functional testing, get them to undo a button, get them to pick up a pen and write, looking at like fine movements of the fingers. There we go. So I think that sort of finishes that examination. Let's have a little break and then we'll come back and run over it again. Don't try multitask. I just successfully burnt my dinner whilst recording that last half of an episode. Don't, don't try to do two things at once, okay? But um, anyway, moving on. Let exam time for me. So I'm going to go through it how I would in the exam. I hope it's helpful. I would start by introducing myself to the patient. I would confirm their identity and I would gain consent. I'd wash my hands and I would ask the patient if they were in any pain. To start with, I would expose the patient down to the elbow. I'd make a general assessment of the patient and their overall health. I would start by looking at the patient's elbows by asking the patient to bend their arm um, and point their elbows towards me. I would look for any scars, any swelling or any thema, er erythema, particularly around the medial part of the elbow bone, elbow joint. I would palpate around this area and over the ulnar nerve as well to feel for any pain. I'd then ask the patient to place their hands in front of them on the table and I would look at both the dorsum and the palm of their hand, comparing both sides, looking for symmetry um, or asymmetry. I'm going to be looking for scars. I'm going to be looking for deformities 
Particularly, I will look for deviation, ulnar or radial deviation. I'll look for Z deformity of the thumb, Swan or Boutonniere's deformities. I'd look for any clawing. I'd look for any thumb squaring off. I'd also look for swellings around all the joints, but particularly I'd look for Heberden's and Bouchard's nodes. I'd look for waste, muscle wasting, particularly in the thena and hyperthena eminences. I'd look for palmer wasting. I'd look for gutting in the dorsum of the hand. I'd also look for any skin um, colour changes across the hands. I'm then going to move on to feel the hands. So I'm going to start by feeling the temperature of the hands, comparing both sides with the dorsum of my hand. I'm going to then systematically palpate from the wrists to the fingers. So I'll palpate the ulna and the radial bones. I'll then move on to palpate the carpal bones, particularly palpating the scaphoid bone within the anatomical snuff box and the snaphoid, scaphoid tubercle on the palm of the hand. I'm then going to move on to palpate the uh, MCP joints. So uh, the thumb MCP and then the across the fingers, feeling for any swelling, subluxation, and I will squeeze them to feel for any pain. Then systematically, I will work my way through palpating all the individuals into phalangeal joints. As I said, at the same time, I will be feeling for any swelling or crepitus within these joints. Next, I'm going to feel for the sensation of the hand. So I'm going to feel in the, so the pulp of the small finger for the ulnar nerve, um, the pulp of the index finger for the median nerve, the dorsum of the hand in the first web space, and then the palm for the palmar erythemia nerve. So the dorsum is the radial nerve. I'm then going to finally feel the palm for any thickening um, of, of the palmar tendons. And at this point, I, as I'm feeling, I'm going to feel for the radial pulse and for the capillary refill timing. Now I'm going to move on to moving the hand. So I'm going to start with a general assessment of the, of the hand movements by assessing each individual nerve. So I'm going to ask the patient to abduct their fingers and test uh, the power of this, so to squeeze against my, with my fingers to test the ulnar nerve. I'm going to ask the patient to make an OK sign. And then I'm going to ask them to put their thumbs up in the air and, and push against this to test the power. I'm then going to move on to ask them to do an opposition. So their thumb on their little finger and work their way through the rest of the fingers. At this point, if I was concerned, I could move on to test all the individual tendons, looking at finger flexion, finger extension, abduction and adduction, and then thumb flexion, extension, abduction, adduction, and opposition. I would assess the movement of the wrists by doing ulnar and radial deviation, and then flexion and extension by doing the inverted prayer sign and the normal prayer sign. Finally, I'm gonna move on to some special tests. So I'm gonna do the Tinnels test by tapping over the radial nerve on the, uh, over the flexor retinaculum, or asking them to hold their hands in the inverted prayer sign. I'm going to perform, perform Froman's test by putting a, a bit of paper between their thumb and their index finger and pulling it. I'll then do some functional tests, asking them to do up a button or to use a pen or something. This would complete my examination of the hand. I would also like to examine the elbow. I would ask the patient to dress if they needed to. And I would move on to ask for any sort of impacts of, of their um, problem. 
that completes my examination. There you go. <laughs> Give me a score, no don't please. Um, so that's that's the hand examination. I think that would be okay. Obviously at the end we would need to summarise the findings. I imagine that you would maybe be interrupted with pictures or with, with positive findings that would aid your summary at the end. Okie dokie, so if I said to you, I have a 65 year old patient who's presented with progressively worsening pain in the joints of her hands and some sort of difficulty doing simple tasks, simple small movements. Uh, she's got asymmetrical swelling of her interphalangeal joints and her MCPs, particularly her thumb MCP, and she's got some Hebden's nodes. What would my dif main differential be? Osteoarthritis, I'd probably put as my main differential. Differentials would be sort of probably just rheumatoid arthritis, really. Um, so what is, what is arthritis? Osteoarthritis, sorry, to be specific. So arthritis is, osteoarthritis, sorry, is a, a mechanical arthritis that's a disease of the synovial joints. It basically results in a loss of cartilage and a joint degeneration and, and destruction. So what, how would you investigate this patient if you thought they had osteoarthritis? You'd probably do some simple blood tests, wouldn't you? You'd probably do your FBCs, your UECs, you'd do an e ESR. And to, to consider your differentials, you might do a rheumatoid factor um, or a HLA-DR4 for your rheumatoid arthritis. You're going to do some x-rays, aren't you? So you're going to do x-rays of your hands. So what are the four signs of osteoarthritis on an x-ray? So this spells out loss, doesn't it? So it's loss of the joint space. So you've got narrowing. Osteophyte formations, so that's LO, loss of joint space, osteophyte formation, subchondrial sclerosis and subchondrial cysts. So SS. Fabulous. And what are your treatment options for this patient? So treatment options are, as always, conservative, medical, and surgical. Conservative, this obviously depends a little bit on where your osteoarthritis is. But it's going to be physio pretty much anywhere. Some lifestyle modifications, this is if it's sort of lower leg or knee, sort of weight loss, that kind of thing. Um, and potentially like walking aids, but that's probably not relevant to the hand. Then medical, medical you're going to give them analgesia potentially interarticular steroids and then surgically again dependent on the location but it's your osteotomy so your realignment um, arthros arthroplasty so your replacement or your arthrodesis your fusion 
Okay, that's where we're going to stop with that. There's just a tag on a little bit about osteoarthritis at the end. The kind of questions potentially they'll ask you at the end of an, of an examination. Um, again, I hope you're all doing well. I hope things are running smoothly um, and you're not burning your dinner as you try to do too much like I am. Um, but yeah, take care all. I will be back soon. Thank you very much. Ta-ta. Oh, well, a dim bone, dim bone, dim. Try bone.